The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Blame is a very interesting thing. And what I love to instill in just everyone who is a part of my community is that instead of pointing your finger, what if you can point your finger back at yourself and say, what can I do differently? What's up, guys? We're coming in hot on a Tuesday. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining. I'm Lauren Everett. I'm the creator of the Skinny Confidential which is a blog, a brand, a podcast, and a YouTube channel. And I am this lovely ladies, woman, lady, girl, lady, woman, co-host, co-star, Michael Bostick, serial entrepreneur and brand builder, most recently the CEO of Dear Media, which is an emerging, crushing, destroying podcast network. Okay. So we thought, since this episode is themed as self-love, that we would give you guys our top three tips for confidence. Do you want to go first, Michael Bostick, or would you like me to go first? Ladies first. Ladies Ladies first. first. Okay. I feel like you just want me to go first so you can... I want to hear what... I want to see... You're cheating. You know what? Why don't you be a little bit more confident? Okay. I'm I'm going to be confident in my confidence tips. Okay, guys. So before we get into this episode, like I said, we're going to do three confidence tips. So this is the first tip. Are you ready? I really think it's so important to find your purpose and what excites you. I think this is the foundation of confidence. I've seen it with my husband, with my friends, with myself. When someone has a meaningful purpose and they know their why and they know what they're working towards, it creates confidence. It's it's like you're growing confidence, okay? So if you're out there and you're listening and you don't feel like you have a purpose or something that excites you in the morning, I would tell you to go make a list of things that you love, okay? And this can be anything from I like to walk cats Do I like to grow sea monkeys? Do I like to hang out with my grandma? It doesn't have to be things that will just automatically make you money, right? So write down all the things you love on a piece of paper. It could be as stupid, like I said, as um, I like to talk on the phone to anything. It could be anything. Just write it down and then start to look at that list every single day and put together things. So what I did is when I was 21 and I was feeling uninspired, I wrote down I like to take pictures. I like to write. I like to talk. I like to tap dance on tables and be the center of attention. <laughs> anyway, I wrote that all down and I obviously came up with the job of a blogger. So try that. Another tip, second tip, is to decide that you're going to stop giving a shit what anyone else thinks. Hopefully, Michael, that's not yours too. But that, I think that's so important to unapologetically be yourself. Focus on what you can control, which is your own emotion and your logic, not on what you can't control, okay? So that's other people's beliefs or opinions. I try to really, really, really stay in my own lane. You guys know this. And my last and third confidence tip is to rid yourself of self-doubt. I think that that's so important. We all have doubt, obviously, but if you can sort of practice confidence it's something that I think is a practice and practice it daily and get rid of the self-doubt and shift your perspective that works really really well Um, again confidence to me is a practice always it's something I work on every single day and it's sort of a muscle that you build 
with that, Michael, why don't you share your three tips? I, I changed them up a little bit. I had them written down when I changed them after I heard you talk. I think a lot of time people run into confidence issues because they're not being completely honest with themselves. Maybe they are pretending they're an expert in a certain field that they're not. Maybe they're acting like they know something that they really aren't uh, confident in or they don't really actually know everything about. Um, maybe they're just projecting something onto someone that's not their truth. And I think when you're doing that, you're stumbling around and you're not you're not really confident because you're not being honest with yourself. So I don't know if that's a tangible tip, but like the number one I would say is you have to really start from an honest place and be truthful with yourself before you can project confidence in the world. I can talk about podcasting. I can talk about marketing. I can talk about beds for aircraft. You can talk about being married to the most gorgeous girl in the world. I can confidently <laughs> um, because I've done these things, right? Where like um, I wouldn't go into a meeting and tell somebody that I'm the best, um, I don't know, boat builder. I've done that. I've used this example before because I don't know. And so I think when you fake it, I, I don't like the term fake it till you make it so much. I think that that you're coming from a weak place. I think get some, get some skill. And if you don't know something, be honest and say, Hey, you know what? I'm not an expert in this things, but this is what I think. Um, the second part is and this would be maybe tip number 1.5 or two, um, know that you're not the only person that's not fully confident. Know that there's other people out there that are nervous. To me, confidence is projecting courage, right? It's knowing that everyone is a little bit nervous. Not everyone is full confident, but being somebody that's courageous enough to project confidence, right? Like we all have our own insecurities and our own issues. I don't believe anybody is just 100% confident at all times, but it's having the courage to put yourself out there and act with confidence. There's a difference, right? And I think when you act with confidence, that um, creates confidence, right? That's a lot of confidence in one sentence, but you get the, uh, what I'm saying there. And then the third part would be to apply approach it with logic, approach confidence with logic, right? What's the worst that can happen? You ask that girl out, she says no, you say something stupid at work and people laugh. I um, said no a thousand times to you. Right, yeah. You get turned down, your business fails and people say, oh, you failed. Really, what's the worst that can happen? Run through the full exercise. And I think most of the time you'll find that it's not that big of a deal, even extreme examples like a failed business, right? I think as a society, we try to hide failures and try to hide shame and we should be actually promoting it and putting it on pedestals because that's how you grow. That's how you learn. And actually people connect more with vulnerabilities and they connect with people that have had struggle or failures or hardships more than somebody who's just, Hey, I'm this ultra confident person that kills it all the time. Right? Like that's not an interesting story. That's not appealing to anybody. It makes people feel bad. It's, you know, what can you share? What struggles have you gone through? And then come from a confident place when you talk about them. And then I guess if the, I think that was three, but if, if not, um, and this is the final one I think I touched on in the beginning is carry yourself with confidence, right? Walk around with your shoulders up, back, upright. That is such a good tip. Oh my God, I love this tip. Go, uh, go on with this tip. Look people in the eyes. Don't come from a weakened place. Don't look at the floor. I've had a. I, you know, I was, I've been interviewing for candidates for Dear Media recently, and I won't name any names, but people come in, they look at the floor, or they, they stare at the ceiling, or they can't look someone in the eyes. Like Immediately, I don't care what your qualifications are. Like That projects weakness, and you know, there's got to be other things... Um, that I want people on this team that project strength and that are confident because, you know, we're building something great here. And, and I believe that. And, you know, I don't want somebody that's coming from a weakened place. So whenever you're carrying yourself, carry yourself with confidence, you'd be surprised how far that goes. And, you know, when you carry yourself with confidence and a strong position, it'll, you'll, you'll develop confidence as well. That's really interesting that you say that, Michael, because whenever I walk into a room, I think body language is so incredibly important. My shoulders are always back and I have an, a very open presence. I, and that's that's another thing that I've practiced. I open my shoulders. I open my arms. I don't cross my arms in front of me. We 
um, had a podcast guest come in and she was so closed off and it was hard to get her to open up. It's so much better if you can really be confident with your body language. And again, that is something that I practice. I also think it's important. Um, I, I want to tell you guys about a time that I was not confident at all. Okay. Um, and how I worked on that. I was speaking at Create and Cultivate probably four years ago. And it was one of my first times really speaking in front of a huge crowd. Ask Michael, I was petrified, so nervous. Um, I even had to do a shot of tequila before I went up and spoke, but I was just petrified and I did it and um, threw myself in the situation and absolutely loved it. And now I can't shut the fuck up. I love speaking in public. I actually don't even think about it anymore. And it's something that I've just practiced at over and over and over again to the point where I, I practice that confidence muscle when it came to public speaking. A good example to think about when you're thinking about being confident or you're thinking about carrying yourself with confidence is the peanuts example. Do you remember Charlie Brown, how he carried himself with his head down, nervous all the time? He was not projecting confidence and anyone can look at that character that cartoon and see the way it's drawn right it's very clear body language has a lot to do with it you see charlie brown you feel oh look at that guy he's nervous he's not confident and then you see lucy i think it was lucy the one that always removed the football and she's running around she's upright her head's running she's loud she's boisterous that's an example of confidence so i always think of those two examples when i go into meetings and when i carry myself it's like okay you don't want to be the charlie brown you want to be the lucy and um you know, listen, it doesn't mean you have to run around as this overconfident, egotistical person. It just means you have to carry yourself with strength. And from that strength, you'll develop confidence both internally and externally, if that's possible. I just have to shout out Boone because Boone, when we first got him as a rescue, was so insecure. And now he's built his confidence muscle, right, Michael? Yeah. He's been carrying himself around. <laughs> Speaking of confidence, do you know what I feel confident in, Michael Bostic? I feel confident in great workout wear, especially ones that really flatter the bod. So you guys know that I recently ordered a bunch of sets, meaning like a set like the top and the bottom off Fabletics. And the reason I ordered a bunch is because it's honestly so affordable. It's ridiculous how affordable it is. And the stuff is so cute too. So the leggings that I'm obsessed with right now are the high-waisted printed power hold legging. They have a camo print and they are so cute with a black tank. I was actually wearing them the other day in Alfred's and I had three people come up to me and ask me where I got them. And I think they're like $27, you guys, okay? So definitely check out all their leggings. They're kind of the go-to bottoms for all workouts. They have like yoga leggings and running leggings and workout leggings, all different kinds of leggings. And they're all very, very, very flattering. The best part is you can wear them to the gym and even when you're off duty, okay? And the sets, we talked about that a little bit, but they're like $35 for a whole set, which is crazy. Um, you guys know that I'm also a big fan of their Pashley two-piece outfit. I've talked about this before. I always get a medium top and sometimes small bottoms, sometimes medium. It depends on the legging. Some of you guys had DM'd me asking me about sizes. Uh, they, they have great sports bras, okay? They really, really hold the girls up. I was wearing their sports bra for probably two days straight the other day, which sounds kind of dirty, but what can you do? Little background on Fabletics. So it was born in 2013 and co-founded by actress Kate Hudson. She has impeccable style. You know her from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And the founding team noticed that there was a big gap in activewear. 
it was really, really hard to find really chic, stylish gym wear that was priced affordably. You guys know this. It can be such a pain in the ass to find affordable workout wear. So Fabletics came to the rescue. And you can see this clear as day on their website because their $35 sets are insane. It looks like they're $200. Okay, here's the details. You take a style pop quiz. Then you shop from thousands of styles curated just for you. And then you check out as a guest or become a VIP member. So VIP members get 50% off regular prices, free shipping, and additional perks. Fabletics is offering all TSC him and her listeners an insane deal you don't want to miss. Get two leggings for only $24. It's a $99 value when you sign up for a VIP membership. Just go to fabletics.com slash skinny to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash skinny to get two leggings for only $24. Grab those camo ones. Also, you get free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is available and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. Fabletics.com slash skinny. All right, let's get into the show. All right. Paul Fishman is a self-love coach and healer on a mission to empower and inspire every living thing to love themselves just a little bit more. For the first 25 years of Paul's life, he let fear sit in the driver's seat. He did what others told him to do, pushed his own happiness aside, and never felt fulfilled. Paul hit rock bottom when he carried 75 pounds of excess body weight and $75,000 in credit card debt and the inability to believe he was worth anything other than emotionally abusive relationships. He has since turned his life around, lost the debt and the weight, and he never now helps others with his practice of self-love. With that, let's get into this wide-ranging conversation with Paul Fishman. Okay, so what's Michael's drag name? We're not quite sure yet. We're not quite yeah, sure yet. We need to figure it out. So Yours my, is what again? Tell me my, one more time. My drag name is Thirsty Espinaca, but it's Thirsty with a U. Okay. okay. Thirsty. And Espinaca means spinach in Spanish. So. Okay, so we can't do Susan, because Susan's like, it's too panicked. Yeah. Mm. We were thinking maybe like the evil stepsisters from Cinderella, Anastasia, and Drusella. Mm. Um, but I feel like we need like a very fiery last name. So you'll have to think of something I'm with your husband. I'm going to think of something okay. and we'll get back to for sure. Okay, thank yeah. you. I, I, you know I'll follow up. I, I know you will. I look forward to <laughs> okay. it. All right, Paul. What about Scandalnavia? Oh, okay. He's still oh. thinking. Oh, you're still oh, here. Scandal. Scandalnavia Sprinkle, because I'm looking at your GG Crackers. It says Scandinavian mm-hmm. Fiber Sprinkle, but what if it's Scandalnavia Sprinkle? Okay. It's, I like it's sprinkle. a lot to say. Like if you were to walk out on a stage and be like, "My name's Scandalnavia Sprinkle," <laughs> people would be like, "Um, I just fell asleep." But it, I've had Michael as a name for so long; it's a little boring. Mm, well, it it's snooze fest. I'm yeah, gonna sure. call you Mike too when you start acting up, just to piss you off. We're here with Paul Fishman. We're here. We're live, and I'm just gonna start out with a question: uh, What does self-love mean to you? That is a great question. So self-love means to me just giving yourself permission to be okay with where you are like taking a deep breath in, breath in and being like okay this is where i'm meant to be and that's like the mental state that self-love requires just permission based i want to go back i want to talk about how you even got into this career i want you to start from the beginning and give us the deets and what, oh. what would you what would the title like what would your title be now if you were to if you were to explain what you're coach or self-love coach yes so i'm a self-love coach and my true purpose my mission statement is to empower and inspire every living thing to love themselves a little bit more and i'll tell you how i do this i do this by giving people the tools to unlock not only what they already have within them but to allow themselves to value and know that they are worth whatever they want to have Okay, so how did you get into this? Where did it all start? So it all kind of fell into place, you know, when you're just like, oh, 
I'm meant to do this. However, when I was, so I lived basically like a lie for the first 25 years of my life. Let's go back, 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 way yep. back. All right. So like I was born on October 20th, 1984. <laughs> do the math. I'm 30. My birthday's coming up. I accept gifts. I love gifts. That's my love language. Um, so I was born and then I just like lived a great life. Like my parents were, I was first born. I'm the oldest of three. And I didn't really where, have. Where, where, where were you born? Oh, the Bay Area. Okay. So um, Northern California. Lived there until I was 14. And actually like when I was 14 is when like life got rough uh but before that i just like love to dance still love to dance i played with barbies lived my life like the best and and my parents were really open and you know casually would like wear my mom's dress sometimes because i love the way it made, made me look when i spun you know this is just like i was being me like that was my truth right like i don't actually wear dresses anymore like sometimes when i see lauren i'm like oh my god i want to wear that but, but I don't actually. You can borrow it. Oh, thanks. That makes me feel good that you think we're the same size. <laughs> so here, with these boobs, oh, we might be. Okay, perfect, perfect. It's a dream come true. So basically, I went through life just like loving to perform and just started as I got older. And the thing that I ran into first was like I was actually always overweight. So um, I peaked at around seventy-five pounds overweight. And I was made fun of for that ever since I can remember. I remember when I was in fourth grade sitting on like the curb of at my elementary school and this little boy runs up to me and he says, Paul, how much do you weigh? And I go, um, a thousand pounds. Cause I like didn't want to say that I was like 140 pounds at 10 years old. Like that's a lot. Um, no shame if you are that like body positivity, but for me, it was a lot. And that just was like how I instilled my life that I had to hide who I was. So then as I started experiencing like an understanding of who I was from a sexuality standpoint and like always just like love sitting with the girls in elementary school and just had guy friends, but just like resonated with women more. I just started just pushing it further and further and further down. So moving into when I was 25, which was when I had this like aha moment when I couldn't do it anymore. I was in a very toxic, emotionally abusive relationship with a woman. I dated women until I was 25. And it was so painful for me to lie any longer. What made the relationship toxic? Uh, there was a lot of just like things said to me, like I would try and leave. And it was just like, if you don't know that this is happiness right now, then you're never going to be happy. And I was like, oh, okay, great, whatever you say, like, this must be it because I'm trying so hard to fit into this like box. When you're having sex with someone, I've never asked this question on, on air. If when you're having sex with someone and it's not the right gender that you should be having sex with, what does that look like? That's a great question because I would have to say that it's different for everyone. In for me, like I enjoyed having sex with women. Like I did and like, but I resonate more having that male partnership. I always like wanted to have like that man beside me who was just supporting me and uh so my my good friend she's always like paul you're bisexual and i was like well we can talk about that but like in this day and age we still have to fit into a box right so that's like another conversation a whole another podcast right, but it sounds like it's not about the sex it's more about the partnership yeah. that you were that you were missing it's, it's, so it's more of like a, the emotional thing i would the say emotional connection emotional connections but there's a physical connection to it as well, you know, and just being in it with a person, you know, like 
I, I just have to say that when I spend time with someone and I care about them, like that's what matters most. So do you find yourself still like, are you still attracted to some women or is it only men? Uh, you know, I get attracted to energy. Okay. Right. So like I was in uh, New York last week and I was going to rumble boxing and this woman walks in and she's just like strong and powerful. And I was like, who are you? You know? And I was like, Oh, hi Richard. I just saw a girl. And he was just like, don't even talk to me about this. Ball, you know, you know? <laughs> but, but that's not like, it's, it's not a thing. So before we get into that, let's talk about candles. I am obsessed with this new partner for the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. And that is because I have been using these candles for years, okay? They are called Capri Blue. Now, if you're just starting with Capri Blue candles, you wanna start with the volcano. I've told you guys this, the scents are all insane, but I feel like the volcano breaks the ice. The smell of the volcano is iconic, okay? They're gonna make your house feel like the most cozy situation ever. I mean, light them in the morning, light them at night. I light them when I burn my oils in the morning, listening to Bossa Nova, making maybe a Gigi waffle. You can wind down with them at night with some wine, um, maybe a little woo, what, whatever gets you going. I really think that that a candle creates a vibe. I'm all about a vibe. I think that um, I'm, I'm all about good energy. You guys know this. So anyway, start with the volcano candle. It's going to have notes of tropical fruits and sugared citrus. Okay, it's so familiar and inviting and fresh and powerful. And what I love about this brand is it comes in different aesthetics. So you can go with something like the blue signature jar, which is going to be blue, or you can go white. I actually have both just because I think the blue and the white looks cute together. They also have like silver tins. They have all these different colored tins that you can pick from. So you can basically um, match with your home decor. There's nothing worse than having a really great smelling candle and having an ugly aesthetic on the outside you know so here's the scoop with capri blue they're premium home fragrances and they also have beauty care which is fun all their products are made in the united states and their candles are all natural soy wax blended formula it's been fine-tuned to give the ultimate fragrance experience i actually just gifted jordan hopefully she's not listening a bunch of their candles and it's the perfect bridal gift or housewarming gift or even bachelorette gift. Go to capri-blue.com skinny for 20% off your entire order. Okay, pick up the volcano. Let me know what you think. Okay, so at 25, you have this epiphany. Yes. What does that look like? Are you still overweight? Yeah, so I'm 75 pounds overweight and gaining, gaining, gaining because what I'm doing is I'm falling, in, falling into this cycle, right, of eating to suppress my emotions, pushing them down, and then feeling like crap about myself. And the other form of drug that was I loved was shopping. So I would go and shop, spend a bunch of money, buy some fancy shoes because shoes always fit, right? Shoes always fit. And I have like an amazing shoe collection, obsessed with shoes still to this day. But at that point, here I am shopping, eating, shopping, eating, and I'm like, something's gotta give. It's feeling not right. So the second I got out of the relationship, in two weeks, 20 pounds fell off of me because I just spoke my truth. Now that's energy. That if, if, if energy does not lie, that's that's you got rid of that. Well, let, let's, let's break it down a little bit. So mm -hmm. you spoke your truth, but is there actions that you like? Is it when you get out of the relationship? Is it does it enable you to start taking actions to start losing the weight or is the weight just 
magically fall off? The first 20 pounds was definitely emotional weight. Okay. Um, and this is my story. It might resonate with you. You know, I don't know if that speaks to you or not. But for me, it, it was just like, oh, finally, you're honoring you. And like, you can pull this back to anything. And this is what I work with a lot uh, on a lot of my clients is just like talking about what's your truth. Like, and, and I was so scared to say, my name is Paul Fishman and I'm gay. You know, like, and I kid you not, like, I was the most scared out of everyone because when I came out to my best friend, she was like, okay, well, what's for dinner? And I was like, no, I fought this for 25 years. Come on, like, give me a little bit. And she was like, Paul, like, we've just been waiting. And I'm like, okay. Like, people knew. People knew, you know? So, which is fine, you know, like, uh, it's part, if I hadn't experienced that, hadn't have pushed everything aside, I wouldn't be able to help people see that they're worth having exactly what they want, whatever that is. And I'm looking at you right now and you're so like, you're skinny, like you're built. How did you, you know, put implement systems into your life to lose the weight? Was there something that just really worked? Tell us your secrets, Paul. Uh, Okay, I'm going to tell you my (laughs) secrets. And uh, so the first thing that I just started going to the gym, but I had to step through my fear because like go walking to the gym and I don't know if you can relate to this can be like so scary because there are so many people around you who who you think know what they're doing, but everyone's experiencing that, right? So here I am, like I walk into the gym, I start lifting weights and I... It didn't really work for me. I I did it because I had to. And and then I found Spin. And it was a community. It was a place for me to be alone in the dark 45 minutes just to like live live for me. And I love music. I have my got my bachelor's degree in songwriting, so I'm all about like performance and singing and and so along with the community and all that stuff, it like turned into this beautiful thing so that's where I lost most of the rest of the weight and this was all when I was living in New York City and did you change your eating or is this just exercise at that point it was just exercise but like I was like crazy exercise and and you know how when you start on like a new like weight loss and you can lose weight really quickly because you're just like working out and your body's like oh finally we're moving and and then you start paying attention that you hit a plateau right and then you can't lose the weight anymore and then I have to start looking at what do you think has kept the weight off well I've really been able to find out what works for me I'm a huge huge believer in intuitive eating and I uh, also not to, to mention, what's intuitive eating so intuitive eating is just like listening to your body like you know when you reach for something like if I were to reach for these GG sprinkles right over there I'd be like oh no there's gluten and gluten doesn't make me feel good but like a lot of people are used to feeling bad and the bad is the new normal right that you're constantly bloated I have so many people who are just like oh I I started listening to my body and now I don't feel bloated but I didn't know that I was bloated because that's how I always felt it's easier said than done you know like I've been on this journey for eight years now and but ever since I was a little kid like my mom took me off of gluten when I was 10 so I was way country before it was cool like being gluten-free at a 10 year old like don't even talk to me about it like there was one type of bread and it was disgusting what do you think triggers you know you, you mentioned that you got you were addicted to or somewhat addicted to shopping mm-hmm. like what do you think the trigger was for that because i'm thinking that you know i think a lot of people struggle with that for, and it's, it's something that's less talked about than typical addictions right like drug alcohol mm-hmm. abuse but that is a real problem that a lot of people run into where they're like over shopping or maybe they get bored and they don't do they start shopping or yeah. they don't know um what they should be doing to start shopping have or, you ever been addicted to shopping probably i think mm-hmm. maybe maybe Gee, maybe not maybe. but but, I don't know. but what do you think was the emotional trigger for shopping 
Well, like I kind of dug into it a little bit. I was talking about how when I would eat all the food that wasn't good for me and binge on that, I would feel so horrible that I would go out and I would shop. So it's like you can think of it as energy. Was it like a reward thing? It was not a reward. It was just like a numbing. You know, just like you drink alcohol, just like you do drugs, just like any other addiction, it's it's a, a way to numb yourself. So I'm out and I get this high from like shopping and buying a new pair of shoes and it feels so amazing. I'm like, oh yes, I want this all the time. And then it's just like, then the regret hits Then you in. have it. Then and the then money's I have gone. It. And then I, the money's gone and then you don't wear the shoes for three months and it's just like, oh, why did I even do this to myself? And then it's like the ongoing cycle so it's really like if you think of it as energy right so there's a missing piece there's a void that I was trying to fill and really that void was self-love I didn't love myself enough to know that I was worth not shopping to know that I was worth eating the way that my body wanted to to know that I was worth those things so what's the healthy balance now when you like say you want to go shopping now Mm -hmm. um, to reward yourself or to get something new and nice like what is the thought process now that you've kind of put the shopping addiction behind you, but you, you know, you're still obviously going to shop once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, so I got rid of bargaining in my head. Like if I do this, I can buy this, you know, I just want to go out and be like, okay, if I want these things, does it make sense for my budget? Does it make sense for me as a human? Do I really need a seventh pair of Gucci sneakers? Yes, but no, <coughs> you know, like, <laughs> It's a thing. Huh, you guys no, I have that in common. I get it, but I'm, no, I guess I guess I, I like what you're touching on where you're getting rid of bargaining. I actually, I actually want you to touch on it a little bit more because I think a lot of people run through that practice when they're in, in, in multiple things, right? Not just with shopping. Yeah, like say, with food. Like you yeah. say, I worked out this morning, so I deserve this piece of chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. So how would you coach someone through bargaining in your head? Yeah. And, and a lot of the time it's, it's not the it's it's not um how do I say this it's not the right justification it's really not a good bargain mm-hmm. it just you're giving yourself reasons to do bad behavior yeah all right well I want to tell you a story actually about a client of mine um so my client she came to me and she had already gone through a weight loss journey but she hit a plateau right and we were just recently talking about this now she was in the cycle where she wanted to go work out but the only way she would go to work out is to know that she was like having like brunch or something afterwards. So she's like, I'm going to work out so I can do this. And then the cycle would go through and she'd be like, oh, but the only way I'm going to work out also is if I go buy a new workout clothes. So she'd buy the workout clothes, go to the workout so that she could have the food. And it was this ongoing cycle, right? And I don't know if you can relate to that, but there's always a cycle. And when we broke through it, she realized that she didn't need to buy the new workout clothes like she already had 70 pairs of lululemon leggings like let's be real that's all you need i mean you really only need like three she was trying to create a trigger point to get her to Mm -hmm. go work out and it was and it became an unhealthy trigger point yep so if someone's out there and they're listening and they're they're bargaining with themselves all the time what are three tips that they could do Three tips that they could do is just start to notice the bargaining Mm -hmm. notice that that they're doing that breathe through it and just take a step back. I, those all kind of fall into one major thing, which is noticing. And like I touched on before, with my clients, the big focus is allowing them to know that they're worth 
noticing their patterns. With your clients, what do you see as something that people keep coming to you for? Like you're starting to maybe notice something that's happening over and over again. Maybe it's from social media. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something um, that's really relevant to 2018. Is there something that you're starting to be like, whoa, a lot of people are coming to me for this. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are coming to me to cope and deal with anxiety, being anxious to leave the house or just anxiety within building a business because I'm doing all of those things and I'm able to support people on that journey. It's really just like noticing and that's what we work on. So when someone comes to you with anxiety, you just give them the tools on how to love themselves to start with and use Mm -hmm. that as the foundation and Mm -hmm. you see that that really helps. Yeah. And I love what you said about foundation because what I've noticed in just the health and wellness space in general is that if we have a crummy foundation, meaning we don't love ourselves, if we're doing something for the wrong reasons, like let's say, like my client, you're going to the gym so that you can go to brunch. You're going to the gym because you bought clothes. That's a crummy foundation. You, you're you going to the gym because you want a, a man to fall in love with you or you think once you have a flat tummy that someone's finally going to come along and love you. But real talk, like you need to love yourself first and that's the foundation we're building. And... Like those are temporary motivators, right? Yeah. Like, because as soon as say you say you're doing something like you're doing something to get somebody to fall, and then they do. Once you've got them, then you can go back to bad behavior. Right, and that's normally it's it's a yo-yo pattern of you know whether it's lose weight and gain it back, lose gain it back, all because like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. What are some morning routines that we can adapt that help set the foundation of the day and the tone of the day to make it just a good day with good energy? Mm-hmm. So this is something that uh, morning routine is really huge for me, uh, especially with my people who are dealing with anxiety. Get real specific real, with your morning oh, routine. I like to know, mm-hmm. like, I want to know, you know, like what cream are you using oh, in your okay. coffee? Listen, you got it. So I wake up and my cell phone does not leave the bedside table. I use it as my alarm. It doesn't leave the bedside table. Like I go and then I immediately go to the to the bathroom, uh, scrape my tongue because by by it's disgusting that bacteria on your tongue. Oh, my God. A tongue trip every day now. Yeah, I love a tongue scraper. Yeah, it's so good. And then brush my teeth and then I immediately go and I drink a big glass of water because that resets, you know, your your uh, digestive system. And then I'm really into matcha. So I'll make a matcha latte and I actually make my own vanilla flavored coconut oil. I mean, I could probably just use some woo in there, but you, you could, know. you could use some woo. Yeah, but you know, I I make my own. So what was I, that video you sent me? When we were traveling, and I was oh I had a couple of drinks, but I remember laughing at you. Mm-hmm. Sent me a, you sent me a video. Of so you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of you guys. So like I um <laughs> I bought the the eye mask that you use. How good is? Do you like it, it or no? It's really good. I have to tell you. Some people don't like it, but some people I love it. I personally really enjoy it. However, my husband thinks it looks like a tiny little bra. <laughs> so, it does, but you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't scrape your eyes. Yeah, yeah. That company should give it's me some. It's also really good if you want to have sex with an eye mask on. That oh. company needs to give me some stock, me. all right? Yeah. I feel like everyone's using that eye mask mm-hmm. now. So go, so, okay, so you, you're making your coffee. You make your vanilla coconut yeah. oil. So my vanilla coconut oil, and then I mix uh, mix it with my matcha because I actually can't do coffee. Like, coffee just, like, makes me go crazy. The caffeine's way too much. So I'll do my matcha. And now that I have the ability to not run out the door because I used to have to be out the door by 5.30 in the morning to go teach my spin classes now that i'm free of that life i'm able to just sit and i always i go back to my 
bathroom mirror and I have a mantra that's up on my mirror and um, it goes like this. So you, I, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and it's, I give myself permission to be okay with where I am. I honor the journey and know that I am doing my best. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. Did you make that up? Yeah, it just came to me. So, it, I mean, it's based on these principles of just self-love, permission. But have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and actually said those words? Like, even just I love and accept you. No, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write out a mantra on mm -hmm. Michael's mirror yeah. that says, I am obsessed with Lauren. I am obsessed with Lauren. Okay. I am obsessed with Lauren. Perfect. I feel like that's like, what's that, you know, what's that horror movie where if you say uh, the name three times they come up and stab you uh -huh. in the back yep yep good yeah. Taylor, Taylor, what was you that? better do it that, or she's gonna stab you ego stroking i love ego stroking. Lauren, you might have a little bit too much self-love no <laughs> but uh that no that movie Nothing was candy man no. the movie was candy man um there's one thing that i really like that you talk about and it's the toxicity of blaming mm. right where like you you you'll do something and you'll justify it by blaming somebody else's behavior or something that happened to you. Like my biggest thing is I, I really have a hard time and I get in trouble with this a lot where people will say, well, he has this because of this, or she has this because of that. And I really like to me, like say you're complaining about somebody that had a really great upbringing, right? Like, you know, silver spoon upbringing. And you're sitting there as an individual and you're complaining about it and you're saying the reason that 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 you're not as far along in, in this way I get in trouble is because maybe you didn't have those same opportunities. I fully get that and there's a lot of truth to it. But my whole thing is it doesn't help the individual that's complaining and blaming in any kind of way. It just holds them back further. So what I will try to tell people is. There's always going to be somebody further along. There's always going to be somebody that's got a better start. But there's also people that have much worse starts, right? And, and, and so the, the reason I like that you talk about this is that blame game doesn't get you anywhere. It actually holds you back and hinders you. Right. And I'd like you to touch on it a little bit more. Blame is a very interesting thing. And what I love to instill in just everyone who is a part of my community is that instead of pointing your finger, what if you can point your finger back at yourself and say, what can I do differently? And maybe there was nothing you could do differently. Like, let's say like you got into an altercation or someone was yelling at you or you, you know, someone was just a troll on Instagram. It's just like, I've had those moments where I'm like, okay, I can emotionally react right now. Or I can, you know, go do a little bit of research, pull a Chelsea Handler on them, you know, go in and say, hey, you know, like I got some um, hate on Instagram a while ago because I posted like you eat whatever you want. I got some like major like vegan like hatred coming my way. And then I I like slipped into her DMs and I was like, hey, it looks like you're struggling with something. You know, like, let's talk about that. Like, how can I help you? And she was like, thank you for coming towards my hate with love. Like, even though I, I, I'm just frustrated because I see you with this influence. And and I said, well yes, I do have an influence. And she said, I wish you would talk about veganism more. And I said, okay, well, that was a part of my life. And I dabble here and there, but like, I'm just coming from a place of love. Robert Greene, one of Michael's favorite authors, I love him too. 
um, said that if you are going to respond in an emotional way, you should step back and give it a day. Yeah. And I do that with everything, with my email, with my text message. If I'm upset about something, I just step back and it gives you so much more perspective. Mm-hmm. Or my dad, my dad also says, Gary, if you're listening, um, he says when you, and this is more to marriage advice, but he said, when you absolutely positively without a doubt have to say something, don't. Mm. What I is, always laugh about that one. You love that one. What is the difference between men and women when it comes to self-love? Women, the, I mean, the difference is women are ready to do the work. And a lot of men uh, don't, even, don't even, the concept of self-love in itself, because we have this, this, we're moving towards this kind of freedom in society where we can talk openly about this. But it's just like men have this idea and this is very generalized, so it's not everyone uh, have this idea that like they have to be just like in charge and be the money maker or, or whatever that concept of masculinity is. And I, my few male clients, I have to break through that shell before I'm able to actually get them to understand that self-love is just like actually investing in themselves. I had one client who was like, man, just investing in your program made me feel like I was worth it. Because men are not only are like, you know, known to be like the breadwinners, but they have to sacrifice. Like, why do men have to sacrifice everything that they want? It's like my dad always says, I would have been a cer- uh, ceramicist. I would have made pottery if it, if it weren't for you kids. And I'm like, OK, well, A, that doesn't make me feel good. And B, like, go fucking do that then. Like, <laughs> and make me a vase because I need one. <laughs> I'd like one too. Yeah. Bubblegum pink, please. Yes, please. Same. <laughs> I want to talk about social media and how that is affecting self-love because I can imagine that you get a lot of people that have anxiety maybe because of social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really, really interesting being a self-love coach with my primary business on social media so it's this constant thing i'm telling my clients all right ditch the cell phone set a timer all this and they're like but i found you on instagram and i want to watch your stories you uplift me and i'm like okay well what if i'm not there you know so but with regards to social media in itself is it even real like what's real and that's what i'm trying to create in my community is like irl stuff in real life stuff like how can we connect you know like that's why when someone dms me if i have the time i'll send them a like a video message because I love that and it's just a way for me to connect on a deeper level so I think knowing noticing that social media is causing the anxiety once again noticing what's going on being aware being aware it's the first step you've done a really good job at I think self-promoting yourself and being entrepreneurial and being a hustler If there's someone listening that has an idea, because I mean, a self-love coach, I think is a really, it's a niche, right? Mm -hmm. If they, if someone's listening, they have an idea to create a niche, where would you recommend they start? What are some systems that you used to get this business up and running and gain the traction that it's gained? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, actually uh, I like to do what you guys always say, which is just launch now and modify later. Uh, I was not ready to be a self-love coach when I launched my program, but it was so it, it was so necessary. I just had to do it because I 
I'm very, very good at overplanning myself out of business. And I think that's what we see a lot. People are just sitting, well, I've got to get, you know, I have to get all the automations. I have to get all of the apps. I have to make sure I have to read all of the books. But all of that time that you've spent researching how other people did it, because, right, like, I'm not going to be able to do it the exact same way that you guys are. You're not going to be able to do it the same way I am. And that's the beauty of being a human with individual ideas. So it's just like jumping in and knowing that it's not going to be the same that it was like you didn't know two years ago that podcasting was going to be huge for you guys. You just like started it and had fun. It's just the, it's the same. I right now I do one on one coaching. Who knows? With in three months, it might just be group coaching. Who knows? If you look at the progression of things, right? Like this is what I this is why I will say launch fast and adjust because you can overthink and overplan yourself out of business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. Like if you're, say you wanted to be a blogger and you've been sitting there and this is going to discourage a lot of people, honestly. And it's, it's, but it's, it's coming from a truthful place. You wanted to be a blogger and you've been thinking about launching a blog year goes by. Okay. Now it's maybe thinking about it in 2015, then it's 2016. Now it's 2017. Now it's 2018. You're still like, Oh, I'm going to do it. 2019. Honestly, if you're trying to launch a blog now, there's opportunity, but it's, it's so difficult now. There's so much competition that you literally, all that time you spent thinking, you could have been writing and talking about your process doing the blog. Let's talk about this because I completely well, so, disagree with you. No, but let me finish. So it's there's still opportunity and you could still shine on online. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm saying all of that time thinking about and waiting for it to be perfect. You're just letting more and more people jump into the space. If we would have waited and waited for this podcast to be perfect and tears, like you can see now podcasting is of course that's what the where the dear media opportunity is is like it's it's a really it's the space is blowing up it's emerging but if we would have been sitting around waiting for that perfect launch we would never be where we're at night so i always tell people like if you have an idea even if it's just a whim just go and adjust as you go you're not going to have a million customers the first day anyway so you have time right i agree with everything you're saying but i don't think it's too saturated i'm not saying it's too saturated okay. i'm saying you i'm saying it's you're letting a other lot people more, come into the space i'm saying it's a lot more competitive than okay. it was and you and you wait around you know i've seen so many times where people tell me an idea and i'm like okay you're launching you're launching and then all of a sudden i see that idea pop up somewhere else and i see someone just pretty much out execute them right outwork them they out hustled them and, and that's what i caution people against like don't give your competition the opportunity to do it before you do yeah especially if you have the idea today if someone's an entrepreneurial uh, if someone's an entrepreneur and they're listening what are three tips that you would have for them go with your gut you know, to trust that intuition, you the first thing that comes to your mind more often than not is the thing that you'll regret not doing if you don't do it. Um, if you have a partner or a significant other, like include them in the business, uh, not in the sense of having to merge them, but like talk to them about it. They know you better than sometimes you know yourself. So really get them involved and and also celebrate everything. Like, because it's so easy to focus on the negative. Like, oh my gosh, that I had a client call and they said no. Ugh. Or, oh wow, I have 20 other clients that I'm working with right now. And like, That's good advice. Mm -hmm. We need to celebrate more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with all of that. But I also like, I like the yin and the yang. And I also think mm -hmm. that you should be cognitive and aware of some of the negative stuff because that makes you better. Like if you're, say you're a writer or a podcaster or a video influencer, whatever, or even if you have a, a, a product-based business, seeing where customers or consumers are unhappy and there's trolls, obviously, that you can ignore, but then where it's actual constructive criticism, paying attention to that, that's what I think make business thrive. Mm -hmm. Loving the business, being passionate, but also being aware, like, okay, how do I improve? So while we're on the hustling subject, I want to tell the audience how you pitched yourself to us because I found it so unique. It was 
I mean, just everything about it. It was quick. It was efficient. It was to the point. It was good energy. And we just wanted you on the show immediately. We so. said, literally watch a video. We said, yep. Yeah, tell yes. us. I, Give I, us like all the details uh, of that. Okay, well, I've just always loved video. Like what I said, that, and that's like another thing. Like if you're trying to get in touch with someone, send them a video. Like, that's great advice, I'm you guys. I'm giving that away for free. Like you're welcome. Your that's business the gem. Launched. That's the gem. So I created a 90 second video with a 60 second pitch and used like my really fun editing skills and just you know, said, said what it was. I was like, watch this and then get to know the person that you're talking to. Like I could have easily made like a run of the mill, just like blank canvas and sent it out. But like I said your names and I said, Lauren, if you're walking on the treadmill or Michael, if you're sitting at your desk, like knowing you guys. Yeah. So, and then you're like, Oh, he knows. And I think you said yes. Even before you heard my pitch, I was just like, yeah. We loved it was it really, so much. It was just really personalized, and I think it's a really smart approach for anything and, and getting in touch with anyone, even if you're not pitching yourself for media. Just like even looking for a job or mm -hmm. trying to you know, get a job, whatever. Like it's just a really smart pitch because it was it was so personal. Like okay, this person actually cares. Put some time into it. They're not just some PR publicist that's out pitching everybody. There's know? a lot of celebrities that will use their likeness to get bloggers to do things by sitting on a couch and saying, hi, Lauren, I want to tell you about my new product launch. But you can tell that the celebrity has said 80 other names mm -hmm. before you, right? Mm -hmm. So like, while it feels personalized, it's actually not personalized, if that makes sense. And I think nowadays people are getting a little bit lazy, like PR people will reach out and you can tell they just switch the name out. Mm -hmm. What you did right is you told uh, those little anecdotes about Lauren you're walking on the treadmill like things like that was so personal when I launch a product I I want to be able to do things like that I think it was so creative and it feels actually personalized as opposed to fake personalization mm. you know what I mean yeah. 100% yeah. okay so uh, I kind of want to create my own morning mirror mantra with okay. you um, and, and I want you to walk me through how I can do it, but also walk the audience how through how they can do it at home on their own. Right. So a mirror mantra is something that can be big, something that can be small. Uh, like I said before, my mirror mantra is all about just like the baseline is giving yourself permission. So my question to you, Lauren, would be like, what's something that you want or you you just like deeply know that needs to be part of your life that you don't have yet uh it could be it could be something that is material it could just be something that you want to find out from within yourself can it be business or personal yes, or should, it can be whatever i feel you like want. i need two okay i feel like i need a a personal like a personalized one and a mm -hmm. business one okay you don't, you don't think they can intersect <sighs> well it, it just really depends because the energy that you put in is the energy you're going to receive so it they, i don't think that they will but just like you it's crazy the things that you put that you put into the world how you'll get them back like if you ask for it it will happen and it's just owning your power i want to be able to be more present in in the present mm -hmm. and not always look to the future i think sometimes we're and michael and i are both like this we're always like looking what's next what's next what's next and i think that it's gotten me this far with my business and it's been something that's been a really powerful tool but now i think it's hindering me mm -hmm. 
Um, we have so many successful people come on the show and say the reason that they started a business or whatever it is is to prove something. And so many of them say that it's gotten them this far, but then it's almost the thing that gets you that far. You have to like rework it as you get older, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, totally. So um, mine would probably be to be more in the now. And mm-hmm. I think that that can relate to my business and my personal life. What's coming to me is just I give myself permission to celebrate the now, you know, so instead of just because and you're not alone in this, like 80 percent of the day statistically is spent either uh, with worrying about what happened in the past or anxiety about the future. Only 20 percent is present. So like if you can even get like 25, 30 percent and being present like that, that's going to be really, really powerful for you. So I would just throw something in just like saying what you want. I want to be present. Or if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, like you are present because you're speaking to yourself. I like it. Yeah. So easy. so if someone wants to create a mirror message at home, what are the steps? So the steps are, so you can actually go to my website, paulfishman.love. And there, if you sign up for my email newsletter, you actually will get a mirror mantra that can start you off. And that is just very, very simple. Like, I love and accept you because it has to start with acceptance. So you can get that. Um, And then from there, I just really, really recommend writing down what it is you want. Like, what's your why for living? Really, like, what's your why? The why is so important. The why. I just wrote a blog post on that last night. I love it. The why is the foundation. Yeah. And if the foundation is broken or the why is someone else's why, like for the first 25 years of my life, my why was my parents and my girlfriends and everyone else's why my boss is why it wasn't my why and the second it was my why everything flipped how is working with your significant other because that can present some challenges in itself yeah so uh richard is my biggest teacher he would say paul you preemptively like quit all of your jobs like this is not sustainable yet and i'm like well i'm being called to do this full time so i just have to do it and he will always be like he's a tourist so he'll always be like the bull he'll always be like he needs that security that stability and he always has to be planned and i'm like what's a plan let's just go let's just do it sounds familiar yeah are you a bull I like a plan. Uh, yeah, you do, do like a plan. But, but I, you know, then there's that saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah, exactly. How are you supposed to plan? Like the, tomorrow, it's just like, it, who knows? You know. I completely agree with mm, you. Mm. <laughs> We're best friends. I can but do. I think sometimes, I think there's a healthy balance between both. Which Absolutely. You, you can't, you, yes, you can over plan, of course, and be living too too far in the future. But at the same time, not having a plan or some type of structure could also mm-hmm. take you the other direction. Yeah. Are, are you like trying to give me hints over here? I'm just saying I agree with you that I'm a little bit turbo, but I also oh, think that whoa. there's a middle ground here. So when you guys work together, what does that look like? Is there fights? Um, so primarily like the biggest fights that we've gotten into are always about money and it's always about like, you spent what on that, Paul? And I'm like, yeah, I did. But you know, it was a valuable investment. And uh, what is it like? So what would a valuable like when you talk? When you, what's a valuable investment? I mean, like a huge closet to display all my shoes. Like okay. naturally, no, um, I did buy that. And he was like, you what? Why? It t- anyway, um, but like, you know, hiring a coach for myself, you know, like that was a really beautiful investment that I didn't include him in. And it blew up in my face. So that's what went back to my advice of just communicating, like, because that's a big thing for me, too, is just saying, like, this is what I want. 
like we live in San Diego right now and I was like Richard I want to move to LA this is what I want this is when it's gonna happen tell me how much money I need to make to make you feel comfortable doing that and he was like it's gonna be a big number I was like game on let's do it <laughs> come move to LA you'll, yeah. uh, you'll be our neighbor we're moving up here too I I, I mean yeah I'm just great I'm into it okay awesome. okay so if someone is interested in checking out your coaching mm-hmm. pimp yourself out tell us all about it yeah so uh, my coaching is a transformational program called the self-love diet and it's three tiered program and the three tiers are within the name so the first tier of the program we're working on self and self is individuality so in this day and age sometimes you might think who the fuck am I I don't even know like what happens if everything went away who am I as an individual without you know the career that I define myself with my family my friends who who is the real me so I help everyone who comes into my program figure out who they are like what really serves them and then the next tier we're working on loving that individual who might be newly discovered so it's all about getting devoted to that individual and then the third tier is all about diet but it's not the diet that you're thinking of because if you look in the Merriam-Webster dictionary the secondary definition of diet is habitual nourishment so I'm giving my clients the tools to learn how to habitually nourish the devotion to their individuality and it's really beautiful it's very very simple but the experience explosive results that I've seen with all of my clients it just blows my mind just the breakthroughs of just finding out who they are because then you can immediately drop the things that aren't serving you and so like me dropping being in a relationship with a woman dropping not going to the gym dropping all of these other things helps me radiate here and be authentic and be vulnerable and be courageous and speak my truth and every single one of my clients learns how to speak their truth and not be scared to do that. I love it. What's your Instagram handle so we can all go follow you? Uh, Everyone needs more self-love. Yes. Even me, Michael. Yeah, maybe you, I don't know about you, Lauren, but... Well, you know, I think you have a lot of self-care in your life. And, a lot of self-care. And self-care is different than self-love because if you are giving yourself like a facial, but you're thinking, I'm doing this so that I'll have better skin so no one is going to judge me, that's negative talk. So when you're giving yourself a facial, it's like, I'm doing this for me. I love myself. I love that I'm going to have like bright, dewy, puffy, whatever skin. That's I do it because I love how it feels. Yeah. I love to, to I love to do my self-care. You know this. Oh, yes. You went to Mo too. She told me. I love you Mo. should I get should... a little bit more husband love, Lauren. Mm, That's what you need more of. Yeah, maybe yeah. you should do a coach a coaching session called husband love. Yeah, you know what? My that my goal and dream is to work with more men and to work in relationship i i see myself growing into this like corporate type of structure where i'm walking into big companies and being like teaching everyone how to live a more positive life what's your instagram handle it's at paul fishman my first name paul last name fish like the things that swim in the sea man like me (laughs) i love it thank you so much for coming on you guys will leave his info in the show notes thanks paul Hey guys, don't forget to check out the new podcast site over at tscpodcast.com. All of the show notes from this episode and all of our other episodes can be found there. It's a really awesome resource that highlights all of the great people we have talked to, all the different books and resources they have recommended, as well as services, as well as all the things that we have recommended. It also has a section for new listeners trying to get caught up to speed. So check it out, tscpodcast.com. We also have an Instagram if that's easier for you, more of your cup of tea at tscpodcast.com. Check both of those out and we will be back Friday.